Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the second season of Lifetime Value. I'm your host, Hrithik. Today, I'm extremely excited to have a good friend of mine, Carla, who is a product designer at Confio. And design for somebody like me has always been such a big question mark because I've always been in that sort of black and white financy part of every startup I've been involved in. So today, Carla is here to talk to us about what she feels is the value add of a good designer in a startup, how to make decisions when you have something so subjective around design, basics of design thinking and a creative process, and also share some advice for young entrepreneurs or young designers who are planning to break into the startup world. And a side note, Carla was also the one who designed the logo for the podcast, which I'm a big fan of. So without further ado, please help me welcome Carla. Hi. <laughs> hey, Carla. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's very well deserved. And, you know, I'm a big fan of how you do things. And when we worked together back at Confio, I remember like, you know, I would just have like random things in my mind and I'll just say it and somehow you would manage to make it appear out of thin air and through amazing design and graphics. So I would love to know about that, but why don't you start us off with an introduction of yourself and how you got to where you are right now? I'm right now a product designer, but my background is completely graphic design. I okay. studied graphic design at college, mm -hmm. but my very first tasks at school were already with digital design. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I always went more for digital projects. Mm -hmm. uh, my, actually, my first work was at a startup where I mm -hmm. didn't knew what startups were. I work at Kitchen. Mm -hmm. Kitchen was like the very first Mexican platform for e-commerce. Mm -hmm. You could make your own store and they will manage all the shipping and everything else uh, after you made the sale. So I started in this startup environment without knowing what a startup was. Mm -hmm. And I, when I saw there how they work and how it was like a tech company, but without being too corporate, it was really interesting to me so that I started to uh, leaning my career path that way. Mm -hmm. So you've been at Confio for a while now. Maybe mm -hmm. you can tell us how your journey through Confio has been because I realize you've had several different positions. And also one thing that you mentioned initially was that studied graphic design, but then you started working on digital design. What is the difference between these two? Yeah, first I will start with the graphic like versus digital design. Graphic design could be like more traditional media, like probably an illustration, like mm -hmm. handmade things that is like material that you can touch, that you can feel. At school, we had like these uh, classes that were like more art, like mm -hmm. painting. And, and that's what I uh, meant with graphic design. Mm -hmm. like, of course, graphic design has editorial design that it's creating like this uh, design for, for magazines, for books. Mm -hmm. And now digital design is what, for example, we see like every day, you know, in our phones, in our uh, laptops, in our screens. That's more like digital products that like probably like 
further we will talk about it more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, digital design is uh, like the user interface, a video, even like the ads from Facebook. Do you know like the social media uh, yeah. called Twitch? Yes. That can like they make these uh, scenarios for like Travis Scott, J Balvin mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. the game. That's mm-hmm. also digital design. It's like something yeah. completely i would say intangible that like mm-hmm. you can see it and you can listen but you don't feel it you can touch got it, it. got it yep. that was a great explanation and what about your journey within confio yeah my journey in confio has been really cool i think that i have learned a lot i like i don't want to sound like uh, like a cheesy person but I really <laughs> feel that I am a different person like uh-huh. from my, what I was two years ago I mean of course in a professional way no yeah before working in Confio I used to work at a digital agency mm-hmm. as a designer well digital designer mm-hmm. and what you learn there is to really be really fast in terms of doing concepts and like doing proposals for clients Mm -hmm. and it's really cool you do like some digital campaigns and and you actually have fun uh, doing this but you never know if what you designed was okay like Mm -hmm. okay because our campaign people will buy a product or okay our sales went 50 percent up we didn't know that we were only designing because we had fun and that that was all yeah and when I started at Confio, mm-hmm. I uh, started a digital designer for marketing, for growth. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn a lot about the ads and mm-hmm. the performance of, of these ads. And if I made a design, uh, how many people clicked on that design? And we were doing like this, okay, purple ad versus a white ad. Mm-hmm. And like to start, I started to understand how people react to to these ads so that's how i started into this kind of like understanding of design and Mm -hmm. how they impact on people it it wasn't just about having fun and and thinking about crazy ideas and crazy campaigns it was about making things work for Mm -hmm. example in this case confio great so that's how kind of how i started this introduction to product design because of course in the marketing team I started to understand about loans and to start mm-hmm. to understand about uh, customer success mm-hmm. I started to to learn about even copywriting when I was only a designer wow. um, I also started to talk about clients and how they felt with Confio and that's when I really started to see that everything we made had some impact so, Carla, moving on to the next question, why don't you explain to us what a product designer does uh, using the amazing logo that you designed for the podcast itself as an example? That's a really cool example because sometimes our job, it's more about co-creation. It's about finding the right solution for uh, from the problem. In this case, you have this podcast but Mm -hmm. it needed some identity right so first we need to have context of Mm -hmm. the problem and to understand it so in this case you explained to me Mm -hmm. about this lifetime value chart Mm -hmm. 
and mm -hmm. what it meant. Mm -hmm. And I also looked for it on Google and like kind of like read about about it. So I I know what I was going to design. So mm -hmm. I will say like the first step is to understand the problem we want to solve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the cool thing about also this task was that you also had a really idea of what you wanted. Like I remember you told me like I really something like really minimal, like I want like probably a black background. Mm -hmm. uh, like I like these fonts. So mm -hmm. that's really cool for us because we are not like magicians that's that mm -hmm. oh yeah, like oh sure, let me get this logo out of my pocket. Like no, we mm -hmm. really need to understand what the final client or user wants. Mm -hmm. And then we start working. Like first we need all the context, some references, some podcasts. I even remember you told me about some uh, other podcasts and I also mm -hmm. like kind of like search. Yeah, like sometimes we are not like creating something like, oh, out of the blue. And I guess this is the difference between a, a good and a great product designer is, you know, you, you were able to visualize and, and put to tangible uh, design, what I was just thinking in my mind. The first logo that we had uh, does not even closely resemble what the final logo ended up being. So maybe you can also take us through the role of communication we had and how you managed to discern what I was just, you know, spitballing and just saying words into something that was tangible in terms of the final image. Like first I had, I made like some few sketches and, you know, with all these uh, information that I already had, I started like doing some proposals mm -hmm. and then like, I really wanted to, to show you, I, wa I wanted to show them to you mm -hmm. in a really early stage. So it could be easier for us to like make some changes, like tweak this, change that. So mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have feedback really really early mm -hmm. and then with this early feedback you again start to to work and for example i remember like the first proposals were kind of like more only typography and also i made some lettering and i attacked the problem in different ways mm -hmm. but at the end you you knew what you wanted so it was really easy for me mm -hmm. to then solve this visually yeah and I remember you sent me like this sketch of the chart yeah. and it was really cool. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. So then I started working on that sketch. Yeah, um, got it. That's what I was talking about co-creation because sometimes it's not that we as designers, we are design, designing something like new and oh, like this is going to break some minds. No, it's probably just about, like, you know, you knew what you wanted. So you had like this financial context and mm -hmm. you knew this chart. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really about co-creation. Like, I don't know, like some, someone that is really far from design gives feedback and it will be a different way of thinking. Agreed. Um, and, you know, maybe you can give an example of a project that didn't go so well. Like, what, do you, what are some of the red flags? you see when you know that oh man it's not going to turn out well okay well right now i can't recall like a really specific project but sure. i really like with my experience i 
I already know with, when something is not going on the right way. Uh -huh. First of all, client doesn't know what they want. Mm -hmm. That's a really big problem mm -hmm. because sometimes they are waiting for you to guess what they want. And that's not how it works. Like, first of all, we need to have a really specific problem to solve. Mm -hmm. And from this, we can start like this design process. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what you want, I won't know either. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like I told, we are not magicians. It should be a really specific problem and mm -hmm. then like start working. Like other uh, kind of like red flags are mm -hmm. that sometimes it's the other way and they really want a really big thing and mm -hmm. they are really ambitious about this and mm -hmm. they are not realistic like sometimes they are like yeah i want this really big app and i want it from tom for tomorrow or i want it like in a week like no 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 wait let's <laughs> see <laughs> like yeah. we have to to cut this pie and okay yeah. like what are the key points what are we are solving in this mm -hmm. problem Mm -hmm. Like, do we need all these features or we can like go just for one? Yeah, great point. You know, and it's so interesting because a lot of my job is, and I have nothing to do with design still involves a very similar process, you know, good communication, managing expectations, going back and forth, researching thought process and sort of analytical skills required We're much closer than I, I previously thought for sure. That's a really cool conclusion because I also, the more I learn about design and about startups, the more mm -hmm. I feel like design is not about, is not subjective. Mm -hmm. It's really analytical. We need to be really objective about we, what we are doing mm -hmm. because like as well, we are not doing art. Mm -hmm. This is, if I do a logo, it's not for me. Like it's for yeah. you and for people to understand what it's about, your podcast about. Absolutely. So like more people should think about like you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts. Like, especially when you're working with a non-design person, you know, is that important or how does that tie in to what makes a, the difference between a great and an average product designer? A good product designer uh, will think about everything before going to visual mm -hmm. design. Because mm -hmm. there's a really long path before, before you start designing like wireframing and uh, doing this final UI. Like mm -hmm. in some cases, there's no even UI needed. There's no visual sure. design needed. Sometimes they're more about uh, how to improve some process how to improve some copies how to i don't know like improve a service that already exists a product that already exists so mm -hmm. that's the first thing i would say is that they don't go right away to to visual design okay the second i would say it's uh, they question a lot <laughs> they always mm -hmm. uh, making questions to mm -hmm. to the different stakeholders they we as pro designers, we really need to be sensitive and to understand the real problem that we need to to solve. Mm -hmm. Also, we have to be like really down to earth yeah. with, with our solutions. So mm -hmm. I would say that's our, 
those are the two key points of a good product designer. One last question before we move on to the next section. What is the career path of a product designer? Is it important that you start at a design uh, focused company like Apple or something? Does that matter in the career path? Well, yeah, actually that's a really good question because I really don't know. Well, Mm -hmm. I feel like product design is a really uh, kind of like new discipline as we know Mm -hmm. right now. Like Mm -hmm. even UX, UI, they're really new. Mm-hmm. So, for example, for me, it has a little bit challenging mm-hmm. because, uh, well, I, I was like more digital and visual designer. So my instinct as a visual designer was to think first about visuals mm-hmm. when it's actually backwards. I think the career paths are really, really different depending on your discipline. For me, it started as a graphic and digital designer and then I started like digging in this discipline and I liked it like working in places like Apple and really like big design firms for sure it should have its perks of learning from top creatives around the world and top designers but Mm -hmm. I think that probably like and I would say Confia for example that's a place that it was really new and it was starting it gives Mm -hmm. you a lot of feel to experiment you, I think, would say that career path is really subjective. <laughs> that's great. I mean, and that's so refreshing to hear because in a lot of the other fields and even in the startup world, which is meant to be experimental, you know, you always have like a fixed career path. You know, you are on track to becoming a VP or blah, blah. And then after that, in a few years, maybe you might be C-level or there might be some other task, but you'll always stay within that one defined lane. But yeah. on the other hand, the way you're expressing it, you know, it sounds so refreshing to hear that, hey, you know what, there could be something completely different you're doing. Now, moving on to our next section, payback period, the guest asks the host a question. So, Carla, what question do you have for me today? Oof. Uh, well, let's talk about design. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really want to ask you like something about like, like if you were a designer, mm-hmm. you have to design a new app. What would oh. you design? Wow. <laughs> such <laughs> a great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so interesting. Personally, the passion that I have for is a very easy to use app that can allow, I would say Mexicans to save money. That, that's something that I've been really thinking about the last few months or so, because I've seen like a lot of other countries like uh, in Singapore, you know, we have this app called Stash Away where you just send money and then with a very easy design and very straightforward, transparent way, you can know where you, what is happening to your money. You know, normally when we store our money in the banks, you know, you can see the balance, but that's about it. But a lot of people are very hesitant or like nervous about giving their money to somebody. And there's just like a black hole that they don't know what's happening with the money. And then, but as long as it's going up, they're like, yeah, that's fine. But the day it goes down, there's so many questions because they don't know what's happening with the money. And, and I feel like this is something that I want to try and design where it's so intuitive, where you know exactly where your money is going and and you're given the right education within the app itself so that you become the master of your money, not the other way around. I kind of feel like in Latino countries, especially the culture of saving is not very good. 
you know, people don't like to save money. People are always spending and with like meses in intereses, you know, monthly oh, installment plans. It's so dangerous because you're constantly in debt because you want to spend money, you know? So I kind of feel like reversing that, that, that mindset is very important. And the only way you can do it is if you can save money from like even one peso onwards, you know, a hundred pesos onwards or whatever. And be able to transparently see and track where it's it's going and back to your point you know i feel that design is going to be so important in this particular app because see at the end of the day i'm just taking money and putting it somewhere else which is not very difficult to do but to be able to get the trust of the people would only be done through a good ux like oh what happened to my to my money this month okay it was invested in this five things and then i lost money in two things but i gained money in three things that's fine and then this is my overall return since the day i deposited money etc cetera, etc cetera. without a good design it'll just sends the user even backwards two steps back because they would have lesser trust believe that you know you can't save money you have to put it under your bed or something is a smarter option because the design of the app made them more scared, you know? So yeah, it's a very, very good question. Nice. Nice answer. <laughs> Make job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm a terrible product designer. <laughs> no, nice. no, no. No. And that's really cool. And that's really true. I think that's it. the, the cool thing about being a product designer to identify mm-hmm. these needs. Just as you say it like, okay, like Mexicans don't save money. Mm-hmm. Like I would say I started like a few m- months back, I started mm-hmm. uh, saving money. Like I didn't have this mindset of mm-hmm. saving money. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool idea. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope I can count on you to, to create something. Of course. Everybody would like. <laughs> of course, you can count me. <laughs> thank you. Well, before we wrap up, Carla, do you want to give any parting thoughts or some advice for young designers looking to break into the startup world or become future product designers? Yeah, sure. First of all, I, want, I would like to recommend Dieter Rams, an industrial designer from like the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know this brand, Braun, the electrodomestics? Yes, correct. Yeah, Braun, he was yeah. a designer for oh. the of these products uh-huh. and he's a really great designer he has this film come called uh, rams you should okay. watch it it's really cool okay. and he, he had this quote that says good design is as little as possible yeah and i think it should be like a mantra for designers and mm-hmm. for, for young designers like to be really design it's transparent like it should it should feel natural, like you said. Mm. Like there, it should be like a design that feels safe, that it doesn't make me scared about what mm-hmm. I'm doing with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other would be like to stay curious. I yep. think curiosity it's great for solving problems because mm-hmm. you get out of the box. Great, great advice, Carla. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, would you like to share your contact information for? Our listeners if they want to get in touch with you yeah sure they can find me uh, on linkedin okay. um i'm carla vivani and okay. right now i'm working on portfolio so wait for it soon great 
Thank you so much again, Carla, for taking time out. And I hope to be speaking to you again when you have your portfolio out and you've gone on to do way better things as well. Thank you. No, thank you. I had a really great time.